G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. When are you going to realise God has gifted you, but you're not the owner? How are you using your gifts? Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining me again on Today with Jeff Vines. Last time, Pastor Jeff started by asking, are we living like a tenant or living like an owner? We're going to continue the rest of his message now. We're in Luke 20, looking at the parable of the tenants. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Tenants living like tenants manage all that God has given by his word and for his profit. If you're a tenant living like a tenant, that everything that's been given to you, everything, you manage it by his word and for his profit. By his word means within his parameters. You can't use what God has given you any old way you want to use it because you're not the owner. You're the tenant. You can't decide, I'm going to turn this vineyard into a football field or maybe a brothel to make some more money or a shooting range. You must manage what God has given by his word, but there's a catch. If by his word means within his restrictions, the catch is this. If you manage what has been given to you by God within the parameters, then prosperity comes. Prosperity comes. Now, let's use an example here. Let me ask you something. Where did you get your body? Everybody in the room now, you got it from God. He's the owner. And some of you are thinking, man, can I trade this in for a new model? No, listen. Listen, you got the body. It belongs to God. You get to use it. Okay? Thank God you're not going to have it for eternity, right? But this is the one you're using. Who gets to determine how you use it? You're the tenant. The owner gets to determine how you use what belongs to him. But if you use it the way God says you should use it, the owner, then it leads to prosperity. If you abuse it, well, it's going to be bad. There's no better illustration than this. Then C.S. Lewis in The Great Divorce, talking about the ghost-like figure, not the complete man, making his way toward heaven, and on his right shoulder is a red lizard. The lizard represents lust. Now, you know what lust is, right? To all of us, God gives us the desires and passions. They come from him. He created you that way. And if you fulfill those desires and passions with legitimate means, within the parameters and restrictions God gives, then it's a beautiful thing. But If you fulfill those passions and desires by illegitimate means, what it does, it turns desire into lust and then the lust becomes insatiable. It frustrates you because you never can quite fill it. You want more and more and the more you have, the more you want. And it leads to a life of anger, frustration, 
Discontent, chronic discontent. So C.S. Lewis says, the man's marching up to heaven. He's got the lizard of lust. He knows he can't bring it into heaven. And the angel stops him and says, you want me to get rid of that for you? Sure I do. Can you get rid of it? And he starts to move toward him, but it burns the man and the lizard. He said, wait a minute, you're hurting me. He said, I didn't say it wouldn't hurt, but it won't kill you. And then the guy says, well, maybe I want to keep this. I can't live without it. He says, no, I'm telling you, you want to live without it. Finally, he burns the lizard off and the lizard doesn't die. It turns into a beautiful stallion. Because when you allow God to fill your needs, passions, and desires in his way, it's a beautiful, rigorous life. But when you violate it, it will kill you. It will destroy you and will create other insatiable desires. Now, let me tell you something. A tenant living like an owner, let me tell you what he does when he hears what I said. He thinks he's the exception to the rule. He talks about extenuating circumstances. And he says, God knows why I'm like this. And I want to tell you, you're right. He does. You are a tenant trying to be the owner. That's why you do what you do. Tenants obey even when it hurts because they trust the word of the owner. Tenants acting like owners, they rationalize because deep down inside, they either don't trust the owner or there's a contempt, an anger, a frustration, a hatred toward God and his willingness and ability to set the parameters. That's why they hate people when they call them on the carpet. And it's also why Jesus said, I came to separate father from son. When the son tells the father, you're out of line. The father runs, as do the children from the parents. The problem is, if you're a tenant living like an owner, you're never going to know what it's like to ride a beautiful stallion. And you're going to live a life of heightened frustration, of increasing sense of entitlement, and a chronic discontent. But it it goes past that. Because not only do you manage by his word within his parameters, you also manage for his profit. I mean, come on now. If I'm an owner and I have a vineyard, then the profits go to who? And the thing about it is, the more my kingdom as the owner expands, the more you get the dividends as the tenant worker, right? We all grow together. Now, If you're a tenant living like a tenant, you know that it is God's kingdom and he owns everything about you and you actually have a sense of joy that you're going to help expand the kingdom because that's what really matters. And you know, as the kingdom expands and prospers, so do you. Now, if you miss a global leadership summit, we were introduced to a man by the name of Blake McCoskey. How many of you know who he is? The owner of Tom Shoes, an entrepreneur. He launched five successful companies before the age of 30. Sharp, sharp business acumen. But he acknowledges from where it all comes. He lives down in LA on a sailboat. The more money he makes, he he doesn't have to live on a sailboat, folks. But he does. The more he saves, the more he gives away. And he's allowed his heart to be broken by the things that break the heart of the owner. And it all started, I believe, when he heard that there were one million people in Ethiopia suffering from a debilitating, disfiguring disease caused by walking barefoot on volcanic soil. And he came up with this idea for his company. What an entrepreneur. How can I use my company to benefit the the, the kingdom to expand? You know what he decided to do? He said, for every pair of shoes we sell, we're going to give one away to someone in need. And he started doing it. April 8, 2010. I mean, you talk about the ultimate tenant acting acting like a tenant. In April 8, 2010, he asked everybody to go one day without shoes to find out what it would be like. 250,000 people participated in 1,600 events around the world. And on December 10th, 2009, he accepted the U.S. State Department's Award for Corporate Excellence, given to him by none other than Hillary Clinton. 
And at the Global Leadership Summit, I sat right there as he stood up and told the story about visiting Argentina. And in Argentina, you can't go to school unless you have shoes. So there's this one mother who had three boys and the oldest son would go to school on Monday, then bring the shoes home and wouldn't be able to go back to school till Thursday. So he saw this and he thought, this has got to stop. Holy discontent. How can my business acumen expand the kingdom of God? And he gave each child his own pair of shoes and the mother came running and screaming. She was so thrilled. He thought she was angry at first until the translator said, no, she's pleased. She's happy, overjoyed with tears. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I felt guilty. I can't believe I don't have Tom's shoes. I didn't want anybody to see my feet. Dude, where can I get some Tom's shoes? Listen, Francis Chan spoke at the North American this July. And I listened to him speak. And I want to tell you, he said something I'll never forget. And I want to tell you right now, I stole this straight from him. It's not mine. It's not original with me. It came from him. So just for the record, he said, you know what? My daughter comes to me and says, dad, can I do something for you? Yes, sweetheart, your room is a mess. Clean it up. A week later, the daughter comes back and says, Dad, I memorized what you said. But she didn't clean her room. A week goes by. Dad, I invited all my friends over together. We had some food, had a small group, and we talked about what you said. <laughs> room still not clean. A week later, Dad, me and all my friends memorized what you said in Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> room still not cleaned up. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? You think I preach these sermons because I like to hear my... Other than because I like to hear myself talk, do you think I preach these sermons? <laughs> no, it's so that we will become doers. And I'm asking you, where's the, where's the CEO in this church? Where's the guy or the, the young person with business acumen that doesn't even know it yet? Where are you with that one great idea that would change this valley? Where are you? That you'd say, I'm going to stop looking at myself as a tenant trying to become the owner. My business belongs to God. Yes, we're going to make a profit. Otherwise, we go out of business. But you know what? I'm going to come up with some great plan to use my business to change the valley. When are you going to realize God has gifted you, but you're not the owner? What are you going to do with joy to manage what he's given you, not only by his word, but for his profit? How are you using your gifts? Are you a tenant living like a tenant or like an owner? I met a lady when I was on my study break. She said, my daughter goes to your church. I said, really, what's her name? She told me, I didn't recognize it. Tell her I want to meet her. She says, well, you won't meet her because she comes late and she leaves as soon as it's over. And I know you're in this room right now. <laughs> and here's what I want to say to you. I'm glad you're here. I love you. Keep coming, but knock it off. <laughs> there are too many people wanting to sit in this place. You're not the owner, that you're the tenant. And if you're the tenant, living like a tenant, you ask the question every time you come into this place, how can I use what God has given me to expand his kingdom in the valley so that we would have a fully devoted follower of Jesus in every home? That's what a tenant does. What if we were all to use our gifts, folks? All of us, think about it. Some of these basketballers or golfers or footballers who think they can't use their gift to impact the kingdom, they would dawn on them and they'd go over and see Don Frazier and say, I want to get involved in Kaleidoscope. I want to teach a sport to a young man who doesn't have a father. All the mechanics in the church would line up and say, I want to repair the cars of single moms. 
All the builders would say, I don't want to go about repairing dilapidated homes of people who are hurting in the valley. We'd have people line it up to serve and use their gifts. And there'd be entrepreneurs in here, a lot smarter than me, that would send me an email and say, Jeff, I got the big idea. I got it. Here's what we can do, and this will change the valley. Where are you? I know you're here. My friend Ron Potter, oh, down in Tennessee, the guy is relentless. Built his business. He's over 50 now, and he's decided the rest of his life is going to be primarily and solely his entrepreneurship for the kingdom of God. You know what he's doing? And I'll tell you, I know God's blessings on him because of what I'm about to tell you. He wants to use the game of golf to expand the kingdom. (laughs) Here's his idea. He goes from city to city, talking to corporate Christian businessmen. They sponsor a golf tournament. Every believer brings three unbelievers to the tournament. They find out when they get there, it's all free. They don't play for the round and it's a nice course. Then Chick-fil-A feeds everybody for free. And then at the end of it, you don't get a timeshare presentation. At the end of it, Scott Simpson or Bernhard Langer or a Christian on the PGA Tour, he books them to come in and just simply share their testimony and people are coming to Christ. I know because I've been at one. Where are you out there with a great idea to use what you're good at for the kingdom? Stop waiting on the church to come up with a good plan. You don't need us to do that. Do that yourself. Go out into your business places. Come up with a great idea and change the world. Alternatively, tenants living like owners freely violate the owner's word and seek to expand their own kingdom. The great political science theorist, theologian, Dr. Seuss. (laughs) In a brilliant masterpiece called Yertle the Turtle. Explain the dynamic. I am Yertle the Turtle and I'm king of all I see, but I don't see enough. That's the problem with me. And then what does, King, what does the turtle do? He has all the little turtles in the pond climb on top of each other and he climbs to the top so he can see more. And then he says, I'm Yertle the turtle, oh marvelous me, for I am ruler of all that I see. So he thinks his kingdom is secure. Down deep inside, he's got to know that it's not because here's what happens next. And then the turtle on the bottom did a plain little thing. He burped. <laughs> and that thing shook the throne of the king. And today, that great turtle, that marvelous he, is king of the mud. That's all he can see. (laughs) You know what he's saying? You can repress it all you want, but down deep inside, you know that if you're a tenant trying to act like the owner, you are miserable, you're filled with anger and entitlement and frustration, and you're never going to be happy because you know, you know your kingdom's going down. That's why when a young person comes into my office and says, Jeff, I just can't believe in God. I say, why not? Because my life hasn't turned out the way I thought it should. So let me get this straight. You don't believe in God because your life hasn't turned out the way you planned it to be turning out? Yes. But wait a minute. Doesn't that prove the opposite, that there is a God? Excuse me. Well, think about it for a moment. Life, despite all the self-help books you buy, 10 steps to success, your best life now, whatever the formula, it's only a matter of time before the illusion will be shattered. You can go ahead and set your agenda and make your plans and plan out your entire life and in one instant, it all changes. All turns to custard. That's a pretty dim outlook on life. But no, it, it, it is what it is. My friend Tim Price, think about it. At one point, he's thinking about how he's gonna make a lot of money on the senior tour and the next morning, he's fighting for his life, the disease called cancer. Just like that. Now you tell me, if life will never let you believe you're the owner, And if you're like an eight-year-old kid trying to drive a car, you can't even see over the steering wheel, so you don't know what's coming. If life will never let you convince yourself that you're the owner, then isn't the most obvious explanation that you're not the owner, somebody else is. The last comparison 
Tenants acting like tenants listen to the messengers of the owner. When the owner sends a messenger, if you're a tenant acting like a tenant, you're going to listen. But you notice in the parable, God keeps sending messengers. Even though they're ignored, treated shamefully and beaten up, he keeps sending messengers. Now, the obvious analogy is for Israel and the prophets. Read the book of Jeremiah sometime. Kept sending messengers, sending messengers, and the people would kill them. But the application to you and me is you think about the grace and mercy of God. Young people, for some of you, the messenger God is trying to send in your life is your mom and dad. And you've chosen one thing that's wrong with them so that you can discard everything they say. For some of you, it's the pastor. It's me. In my 25 years, no one's threatened to kill me. Okay, just one person's threatened to kill me. But my wife repented and apologized and it's all good now. (laughs) But I have had people leave the church because they come looking for a self-help gospel. They've heard on the, the word on the vine is, no pun intended, is that, you know what? This pastor will help you learn how God can get involved in your life to give you success. But they come and find out that I'm not interested in your agenda. What I'm going to try to convince you to do is forget about your agenda and God wants to give you a new kingdom to work for and your life is about expanding his. They don't like it. They don't last here very long. Some of you have friends that have been trying to get to you forever, but there are other, other messengers that the old theologians called providential messengers. And they are people or circumstances that come into your life that are painful. And God's trying to wake you up. My friend, Tim Price, wasn't always a believer. I told you his life was a mess. His marriage was falling apart. His economic situation was horrific. And he was coming back from South Africa to Harare on the Byte Bridge Road. It's a road of total darkness in the middle of the night, not even a safe road. But he felt like Jeff God is speaking to me. And I'm telling you, it's like he's opened my eyes and said, you're not the owner. Submit to the owner. Submit to the owner. I got down on my knees and I submitted to him. My life changed from that day forward. My friend, Brett Mullen, who won the 1975 U.S. Amateur as a golf champion, lost his dad, got angry with God, angry, started drinking, found himself ready to commit suicide. And it's like God came in and said, hey, you're not the owner. You're not the owner. Submit to the owner. I'll take you where it is you want to be. And he did. And he gave his life to Christ. I'm telling you, folks, where did the time go? The sad thing, when you stop listening to the messengers because you think you're the owner, you lose a sense of the transcendent. So you have, no, you have no feeling that God is there or involved in your life. As long as you try to be the owner, you lose a sense of God's voice in your life and think about what you miss. I think about missing the message that God gave me. Jeff, I want you to go to Rwanda and preach in those prisons. What would have happened had I not heard that voice or not? followed up and said, no, I don't want to. It's, I don't know if I can be safe. I'm afraid. And he said, I'm the owner. You do this. And then I did it. And it's like, man, my life's on fire. I love it. Every September I go back. It's like, whoa, I'm alive. I think about seated on a road just like this in Savannah, Georgia. And God said to me, let me tell you, what are you doing sitting there, young man? There's a senior past. There's a church somewhere that you ought to be preaching at. Submit. And I'm here. Some of you are happy. Some of you are sad, but I'm here. (laughs) Now here's how it all ends. You can change today. You can change. One decision. Because the owner says, what am I going to do? And he has a beautiful story that there is a stone that that the builders rejected. And you can either allow that stone to crush you and bring you to the end of yourself and crush the empty and anger you have toward God. Or if you don't, then the stone will crush you in eternity. Jeff, you trying to scare me? Yes. That's what you do in an intervention, right? 
You've got two choices. But here's the good news. How could it be a mistake to trust someone who was willing to take all the anger God had on you because of your anger toward him and pay with his life on a cross? How could it be dangerous to give your life to somebody like that? Because the owner's good. He's good. And as long as you kick and scream, it's like Pastor Dane when he walks up behind me and he grabs me, I try to get loose. You ever tried that? He's got tree stump arms, folks. I don't care why, how, much, how much you fight, you're not, unless you're Hulk Hogan, you're probably not going to get loose. And, I, and I just, I've learned that if I just don't try, it's not fun to him. He just lets go. <laughs> he said when his, when his little boys were growing up, he would hold them, Matt and Chris, and just squeeze them. And he said, as long as they'd fight, he'd say, I'm not letting go. And then fight and kick and scream. And then he said, son, I told you, until you stop, I'm not letting go. Then they would stop and he'd let go. Let me tell you something about the owner. The more you fight and kick and scream with your life and try to be owner, he's going to squeeze you tighter and tighter. He's going to make sure you're frustrated, make sure you're angry, make sure you are chronically discontent. But when you surrender, okay, God, I got it. I'm not the owner. Freedom, joy, productivity. And you'll start to live your life for something beyond yourself. And it will make all the difference in the world. Are you angry inside? Frustrated? There's a reason. Father, thank you for your love for today, for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. And we hope that message helps you to step back and assess how you're living and that you choose to live for God. You can join us again next time on Today with Jeff Vines. We'll have more in this series, a message about dealing with shame. If God could sit across the table from every single one of you in the room, I believe the next question He would ask you is this, how are you dealing with your shame? Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.